The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back here on Big Blue View for our next positional preview, part of a series where we have previewed every single New York Giants position group before the start of training camp in the 2021 NFL season. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Blum today. And folks, if you happen to miss any of those other position groups that we did, we've done the entire offense. We also did the interior defensive linemen. Go check those out, especially hit that subscribe button if you enjoy listening. Leave us a five-star review. But today we're going to talk about edge rushers. We're going to talk about the pass rush group, which by a lot of outlets is considered to be one of the the worst in the NFL, which justifiably makes sense considering this group is not a very productive one. This group did not have a ton of production last year. We spent a lot of time talking about the interior defensive linemen and how they were really the big cause for pressures and the productive squad for getting sacks and all of those pass rushing metrics. Instead, the edge rushers had a bit of a a step back in the role that they played. But it seems like right now, Chris, that this this group has a lot to prove heading into 2021. Yeah, it really does. And I think a big part of it is the fact that the Giants' two most established pass rushers are both coming off of injuries, and we don't really know what to expect of them. That is uh, Lorenzo Carter, who's coming off a torn Achilles, and O'Shane Zimenez, who is coming off of a shoulder injury. You know, both those two injuries basically ended their respective seasons last year. But the Giants have brought in a lot of reinforcements. They spent their second round pick on Aziz Ojolari, who we expect to see quite a bit of this year. Then they got Ellerson Smith in the fourth round, which was early for for a lot of projections, but he's a player we both really like. Then they brought in uh, Ryan Anderson, formerly of Washington, uh, Ifedio Ningbo, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. So they have a lot to prove, but they've got a lot more bodies at the position than they had last year. Yeah, the, the names and the faces that have been brought in for this edge group does give it a little bit of juice. And I think all of the guys in this group do fit that 
storyline heading in for the edge rushers of everybody's here to prove themselves. This is guys like Ryan Anderson and Ifedi Odeningbo. Both of them are players that have had opportunities to maybe flash some good things, but not really the ability to step into highly productive roles and dominate. And I think now being a part of the Giants edge group, because there's a lot less faces in it, there's a lot less noticeable, notable guys that have big names and established themselves, everyone is going to get a chance to really prove what they're capable of, which seems to be the path for a lot of guys in this Giants defense under Patrick Graham, guys that needed a chance to really prove themselves Patrick Graham utilizes their skills properly, and then they have the opportunity to play really, really well. So hopefully we do get that from this group, but there still are some major question marks that do need to be answered, especially who we think are the starters right now. So I want to start this by saying, Chris, it seems like Lorenzo Carter is going to be playing more of an an off-ball linebacker role as the will-backer in this group. I'm sure they'll still use him to pass rush, but right now there's really not a a will-backer in this lineup, and it seems like it makes the most sense. Our lads has him listed as the starting will. Behind him is Devontae Downs, and then I believe TJ Brunson, and we're going to talk about the linebacker stuff, but I, I feel as though if for a guy who's coming off of an Achilles injury, with some new faces brought in, a guy drafted to play that Sam role, I, I think it, more likely than not, Lorenzo Carter is probably going to be playing a little bit more off the line of scrimmage, but they'll still definitely use him in the creative ways that Patrick Graham likes to use his linebackers. Yeah, just looking at Lorenzo Carter from a physical athletic tool standpoint, it's easy to see why the Giants have been trying so hard to make him an edge rusher. But that's never been the guy he was. You know, he wasn't a pass rusher at Georgia. He was really more of a defensive Swiss Army knife. And that's how he's been used the best by the Giants defense. You know, he's, we've both said he is really at his best playing in space, uh, running with offensive players. But he does have that athleticism, athleticism and uh, just burst and bend to be a threat as a blitzer and an occasional pass rusher. So I think he will have, assuming he is healthy because, you know, as we already mentioned, he's coming off an Achilles injury and those are always tricky. We, we don't know just where he is at in his recovery, how much of his athleticism he has retained, how much of that explosiveness. Uh, and also I think just ankle mobility, which is so important for a pass rusher, but assuming he is the athlete we remember, I think he's going to play a really wide-ranging role in this defense, playing play, play space, play downhill. Other edge position, though, I, I think we can pretty much pencil Ojolari in as a starter. But the other edge position, is it going to be Ryan Anderson or is it going to be Efedio Ningbo? Because those two guys, I think, have pretty similar profiles as almost journeyman veterans, guys who are looking for a chance to really ignite their careers. Yeah, that, that's where I think the debate really comes into play. But the one thing with Patrick Graham, I, I think you can't necessarily pencil a certain guy in as a starter, especially off the edge. And we were talking about this a little bit with the interior defensive lineman where it's going to be a ton of different heads that are worked in and out. So it's not necessarily going to be two to three guys that are the same players every single time. Same thing with the edge players. It's going to be based on front. It's going to be based on formation, what they're trying to do. 
we saw a platoon style rotation last year where there were a bunch of different guys given the opportunities to chase after the passer. Like Carter Coughlin was able to get onto the field and rush a little bit. Cam Brown was able to rush a little bit. We're going to talk about them. But I, I think the better question, instead of saying projected starters, it's almost who's just going to get the most snaps to rush the passer. Ojolari is going to probably get the most opportunities if I were to bet, unless he looks insanely unprepared during training camp and they don't feel comfortable putting him out there on the field. But considering he was a second-round pick, a guy who many considered to be a first-round talent, as long as he's fully healthy, Ojolari is going to be on the field and playing because they're going to want him out there, one, to develop, but also because he's an explosive guy that is going to create some some good opportunities for this defense. I do agree with you, though, Chris. It's who gets on the field more between Anderson and Odeningbo because both of them, journeymen, have, have similar, relatively similar style skill sets, um, but both having the opportunity to really prove them, prove themselves and needing to prove themselves as that go-to secondary pass rusher. Yeah, and they're both basically the same size. Uh, Anderson is 6'2", 255. Oningbo is 6'3", 258. They're almost the same age, just a few months apart. They they came at, both came out of the 2017 draft. It's going to be interesting, I think, to see who really uh who winds up getting the the larger share of the defensive snap count because i think you you phrased it perfectly that which edge defenders are on the field is really going to come down to game situation the style of defense the giants feel like playing on that particular down i think we will see a pretty healthy rotation out there yeah ojulari will probably be the fixture the guy who is on the field the most but we're going to see a bunch of different guys out there, you know, both to get different skill sets on the field and to keep everybody well rested throughout the game. And you know, the the career trajectories of, the, of Anderson and Ningbo are pretty interesting. You know, Anderson was you know a highly regarded player coming out of Alabama. who was drafted in the second round. <clears throat> pardon me, drafted in the second round of the 2017 draft, but he never really played up to what was expected of him based on his career at Alabama. Yeah, he has, I believe, six career sacks, most of which came in 2019, and most of that came in one game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Odeningbo, he was a seventh-round pick, and you know he has 10.5 career sacks, but most of those, again, came in 2019, where he had a really big season as a backup. He started every game he was active for in 2020 and he just wasn't able to replicate the success he had as a rotational player so will he be able to take that next step under Patrick Graham and the Giants coaching staff or is he just is he just best as a rotational guy and I think that will be interesting to see yeah definitely going to be interesting to see how things work out with those two players and I think that the other conversation we now have is who ends up being the other rotational names and faces that get onto the field? And as we discussed, or we've already brought up, Patrick Graham really does like to get as many different heads in there as possible based on certain circumstances and situations. And the group right now that you see that fits into that conversation is O'Shane Zimenez, uh, Odin Ingbo or Anderson, depending on who wins that job or whoever proves themselves the most. But separate from the two of them, Cam Brown, 
in Ellerson Smith. I, I feel depending on how comfortable they are with Ellerson Smith because of his current development, they'll probably try to find a way to work him onto the field maybe a little bit later on than some of these other players, but he definitely has the physical traits to go out there and be competitive and just take up some space and maybe create some pressures. The bigger conversation then becomes, though, does O'Shane Zimenez and Ducam Brown get opportunities to get onto the field often? Because one, O'Shane Zimenez, some consider him to be a cut candidate because of his lack of ability to be fully healthy and on the field. He was injured last year. Can he stay healthy? Can he prove himself during camp? Can he even potentially push himself into the starter conversation, which seems like something we've talked about for the last two years since his rookie season, where we've been waiting for him to ascend and take that next step forward. Cam Brown is probably, I think, less likely to really carve out a lot of time in this rotation he is going to likely make this roster more for his effort that he provides on special teams. We saw a lot of that from Cam Brown last year. He busts his ass on special teams, which has allowed him to stick around. But we do know the coaching staff has spoken very highly on how much he has gradually improved in the way that he finished last season. Yeah, and the Giants are a very special team-centric team. That's kind of what happens when you have a special teams coach as your head coach, and then you've got two career special teams coordinators running your special teams. Like they, they pay particular attention to that side of the game and having really good special teams chops is a great way to distinguish yourself on the back end of a roster and make the squad, which will give you a chance to get on the field on offense or defense, you know, depending on what your, what your nominal position is. So I think that does bode well for Cam Brown. Yeah, O'Shane Zimenez, when he is healthy, he is a really polished pass rusher. He is not a particularly explosive guy. He isn't big. He isn't super strong. He isn't hyper-athletic. But coming out of Old Dominion, he actually has really good pass rushing technique. So while he might never be a an explosive, big sack number rusher, he's a guy you can, as long as he's healthy, feel comfortable having out there. Like, he's going to be disciplined in the in run defense he's going to provide some pressure as a pass rusher and for a rotational guy a backup you could do worse than that he's he he kind of reminds me a lot of dave tollison from back in the day where he might never be the first guy on the field yeah but if he's out there you don't really worry i think that assuming Zimenez is healthy that will be good enough to get him a roster spot now Ellerson Smith I think everyone knows I really like him he jumped off the field to me at the senior bowl I loved watching his tape just from a developmental standpoint I think he is actually ahead of Aziz Ojolari just his technique his skill set as a pass rusher but he does have that jump to make from you know small school FCS didn't play last year all the way up to the NFL. Whereas Ojolari, he's coming out of the SEC where he had himself a big year last year. He's used to going up against guys like Andrew Thomas, uh, NFL caliber offensive lineman and doing it down in, down out. So yeah, I, I do think you're right. It's going to take the Giants a little bit to work Ellerson Smith in, but I think he could also wind up pushing for one of those uh high snap count rolls once he gets going. 
And I think the conversation with Ellerson Smith and what, what really benefits him is that his build is very different than the other guys in the group. And you also can consider yourself, is he going to be more of a down lineman rather than an edge rusher just because of how large he is? And I, I feel as though in situations where they want a heavier front, they're probably going to call on Ellerson Smith as long as he is shown the ability to go out there and compete with NFL guys. I don't see a reason why not. Again, he's physically developed enough to do so, and he also spent a ton of time at UNI going against Spencer Brown, who's probably going to get some playing time with the Bills, and then also Trevor Penning, who's going to be another NFL guy uh, from Northern Iowa who's supposed to be drafted. So, you know, if he's ready to go, they're probably going to use him as like a heavy down guy in, in maybe short yardage, yardage situations, maybe on some first downs where they're expecting a rushing play. If they're just trying to get somebody who's more of a space eater, who's going to take up some space on the edge that they know is strong at the point of attack, I think that Ellerson Smith could provide that for them. I don't know if necessarily he'll get those third and long, third and ten uh, pin your ears back and go type roles, that's probably going to be more Anderson and uh, Odeningbo and also uh, Ojolari. Instead, I think Ellerson might be a little bit in those situations where they just need a bigger body. Yeah, and one thing we do know is the Giants really did not use a whole lot of four-man fronts, uh, four-down linemen, like the four-two-five nickel. You know, that was pretty much the rest of the NFL's base defensive look. The Giants didn't use that a whole lot. Part of that, I think, was just due to the injuries they had last year and really where the strengths of their defense were. Now, I think it's possible we, when they do use that front, we could see Ellerson Smith and Lorenzo Carter as those down defensive ends with probably uh, maybe B.J. Hill and Leonard Williams as the interior defensive linemen. Yeah, that could be a package we see a fair amount next year just based on the body types available now. The other thing, too, now that I think about it, you could use Ellerson Smith, and, and this is a reason why I believe we, we were all so excited by this draft selection. You could also use Ellerson Smith in those those third down roles where you want to go with just straight up all edge rushers, and we, we saw that happen before. We've seen just have a, yeah, the, uh, somebody line up in the interior, not even in a three-point stance, but in a stand-up stance and rush that way. So they might go with a three-man front and have Ellerson Smith as the interior rusher, or you know they might have him uh, as just be an additional interior guy. There's a lot of things that you can do with Ellerson Smith because of his size profile. So that's another possibility of how they can use him. Yeah, absolutely. Like his size, his th- you know thickness, his length, and just how explosive he is. Yeah, he had he had that really good 10-yard split and that just great vertical leap of his. That is something you don't see all that often. That is just a rare combination. And there are, like you said, a bunch of ways the Giants can get him on the field and put that skill set to use. So coming up, we are going to talk about these backups and then sharing who we believe won't make this roster in a very crowded edge rusher group. Before we get to, though, we uh, are going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs 
can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So Chris, this is something that we were going back and forth on before we started recording the show, is who sticks around on the roster. And before we get into that conversation, I think we need to just hit on these backup players. The last three that have been listed at edge rushing roles are Carter Coughlin, who was a rookie last year, played mostly special teams, did get some opportunities to get on the field, didn't look all that great, and they asked him to do some stuff that I don't think he was very comfortable doing, and there was a reason why we saw him struggle. Uh, But then there's also Trent Harris, and then there's also Garrett Kale. So these three guys, separate from some of the other names that we mentioned, are probably the most likely to get cut. Maybe Carter Coughlin lands himself onto the practice squad, but they have the biggest uphill battle to make this roster. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think the Giants like Carter Coughlin. He is a guy who he's got a really strong work ethic. He's got a great motor. He's a better athlete than I think he gets credit for. But like you said, when he got on the field, he struggled. Yeah, I think he could be in a battle with Cam Brown for that back end of the roster, uh, primarily special teams role with a chance to work his way on the field in defense. But he's going to have to pick it up because Brown in that area does have a head start on him. Uh, Trent Harris, Garrett Kale, I think there'll be guys to watch in training camp, but like you said, they've got an uphill battle. We also do have to pay attention to the numbers game. You know, we've got three guys we think are going to have a sizable share of the snap count. And then we've got four guys we think are going to have you know, a strong presence as a rotation. Do the Giants keep seven edge players or is it just six? You know, could Ellerson Smith knock Cam Brown? off the back off the back end of the roster and you know they basically just keep five down defensive linemen and six edge rushers you know unfortunately when we when you get as many bodies at a, at a position as the giants have right now you know the numbers game starts to be a very real consideration and the giants could wind up being forced to make a difficult decision with a guy they would really rather keep on their roster That, I think, is going to be the largest debate that we'll be having in regards to this defense and who makes the roster because you can't really say like, oh, you know, it makes sense. They've got a, you know, a a deep group. They're going to keep seven guys. Well, look at the secondary. The secondary is the most crowded group on the roster and they're going to need spaces, extra spaces, I think, more than most teams to keep a lot of these guys on the roster. And and there's going to be somebody that is going to be cut, I think, from the edge rushers or the defensive line 
that is a recognizable name that we would have hoped would have at least gotten maybe a season or two more before they parted ways with the Giants. And the two guys that I look at the most that might be in that conversation, because realistically, it's probably going to be six. It might there's even a possibility it might be five. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, there are going to be some serious constraints on how many edge rushers they can keep. And the two that I think come into play the most for competing for a roster spot right now, even though they weren't doing so really last year, is Cam Brown and is O'Shane Zimenez. Like right now, the two of them, I think, have the most to prove because they brought in some veteran free agents they're going to give some of those guys, I think, a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because they've actually gotten more reps in live games. They've been competitive for other teams, and they were basically hand-selected to step into roles that were unproductive last year. If you have to go out and get guys in free agency for your positions, that usually means that the coaching staff is looking for competition, and they weren't necessarily impressed with what you showed so far. So O'Shane Zimenez, Cam Brown, I think right now are probably the biggest guys that might be surprise cuts come the end of training camp. Yeah, and I really do feel there will be at least one surprise cut out of this group. You know, we could even flag Lorenzo Carter as, you know, a potential surprise cut. You know, the Giants love to churn the back end of their roster. And I'm not saying Carter's going to be a back end of the roster type guy, but they could find somebody to play that will linebacker position. And if Carter's injury lingers if they're just not happy with his development you know they really feel he should be an edge rusher and he is just not there yet you know they could decide hey we we just don't have any more time to spend trying to develop you we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors and we could see them maybe try to pounce on an edge rusher that maybe a team like the Browns or the 49ers, you know, teams with incredibly deep defenses cut. Yeah. I, and I think that the edge group, the linebacker group is probably going to be in the, in the tightest constraints, which you can consider some of these guys to be off ball linebackers slash slash edge rushers. But considering the players they have along the defensive line, and then most specifically the secondary is going to really force out some players because as we know, this defense has been built around the secondary. It is built around having quarterbacks stand there for extended periods of time until the defensive line and the edge rushers eventually get there. That is what has been the bread and butter. And maybe the approach alters slightly, but it seems like the money and the effort that was spent in free agency, there is going to be a huge emphasis still on the secondary. And we'll we'll talk about the safeties and the corners on separate shows. And we'll probably talk about other surprise names that are recognizable players that are going to get cut from those groups. But separate from that, Chris, I think with our backups here, Carter Coughlin, Trent Harris, Garrett Kale are in a bit of a tight squeeze. You know, we don't really know a whole lot from Trent Harris and Garrett Kale. I think the more, not surprising, but the the more recognizable name that is not going to make this for pretty much a guarantee is Carter Coughlin. I just don't see a way that he squeaks into the roster unless they're obsessed with how he plays as a special teamer. But it's just going to be too tough for him considering all the guys ahead of him, considering his limitations as an athlete. And then we saw him struggle in various things last season when they asked him to get on the field and play more. Yeah, he's going to have to make a pretty big jump in his play. Like just 
an incremental improvement that'll be nice but i don't think that's going to make be enough to get him on the final 53 man roster and you know, there's just one other thing i want to note and that is the loss of Brett Bielma. You know, I know we're this is really a position group preview, but I think the Giants losing their outside linebackers coach. You know, he went back to coach at the college ranks. That, that's something I think we were all expecting expecting to see at some point. But we did, even though the Giants pass rushers weren't an, a really impact group last year you know we did see uh lorenzo carter take a step forward before he got hurt we saw kyler fackerel make some plays uh the giants didn't get a whole lot of out of marcus golden but when he was on the field last year he had an impact and i am just curious to see what you know another coaching change at that unit losing a guy who is very well regarded as a linebackers as a defensive coach you know, what effect that has, you know, whether or not some of these young guys who were there last year, maybe take a step backward without Bielema there to coach them up some more. That's always going to be a big conversation point as well, as there's been some rotations along this coaching staff and without Bielma, who knows what we see? Do we see improvements? Do we see some step backs? That's going to be another thing as well, where those relationships with some of the younger guys, you have a new face in there. He's not really going to go to bat for potentially guys that weren't around last season. So we'll be tracking that as always. We're going to be discussing and breaking down, you know, if anyone does get cut, come throughout training training camp. So stay tuned for any analysis on that. Best way to do so, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and then also head to bigblueview.com so you don't miss out on any other Giants content. And follow us on social media at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Talk to you soon, folks. For the rest of your week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.